All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now at the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. So you're thinking about starting a new website? Maybe you have a new small business idea and want to tell someone or sell something online. Maybe you want to show off your photography. Or maybe you want to start that new podcast. Ah, huh. <laughs> GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. That's impossible. They're always $99.99 or $12.99. They're $12.99, but right now GoDaddy's offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. On the actual internet, or is this some BS sub-internet? No, no, this is GoDaddy.com. Right. We all use GoDaddy.com. Everything I have is on GoDaddy.com. I know. And each new.com comes with a free instant page website and a built-in photo album, so what are you waiting for? I don't Get believe Get your new it. website started today. I think it sounds like a scam. It can't possibly be GoDaddy's true. GoDaddy's not a scam. They have... Uh, uh, that hot check, Danica Patrick, for mm-hmm. their stuff. So it's not a scam. Plus, I use it for everything. It better not be a scam. <laughs> Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code FORK at the checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website. And you're all set to go. Fork you if you don't take advantage <laughs> of this incredible GoDaddy deal. I'm going to take advantage of it. Welcome to another edition of Fork on the Road. I am Mark DiCarlo, and as always, sitting next to me, although this time she's in the middle seat, the lovely and talented traveling diva, Yenny Alvarez. Well, hello, hello. This is a first for us. We are coming to you 35,000 feet over, it looks like Texas at this point. Is it? Yes. And uh, we are doing our very special year-end holiday show, so we've pulled out all the stops. We're actually doing the show on an airplane, and we have some fantastic guests. On this episode of Fork on the Road, Robert De Niro, Samantha Brown, Sylvester Stallone, and John Thomas Griffith from Cowboy Moth. We have a jam-packed show. We know everyone's running around like crazy in the holidays, so this is a great time to sit back, relax. We'll try and help you plan some some holiday events. If you're still looking for presents, we can help you. We can help you manage your stress, thanks to the people at McDonald's. Uh, as always, you can find us at a forkontheroadshow.com if you've got questions or you want to email us or you want to check up on old shows. Or you can call our voice box and ask us questions. That number is 424-250-FORK. 250-FORK. That's right. We've been getting a lot of phone calls lately. And um, people are all stressed out about buying gifts. I know, but they shouldn't be. They should um, follow what we say. Because I've been doing all the research and I found great gifts. They're very unique. You're going to love them. These are unique foodie Christmas gifts because yes. this is this is the number one food and travel show on the interweb. Yes. Um, okay, so the first thing, I'm really excited about this and I'm actually going to get a few of these for a couple of my friends. They're Tovolo King Ice Cube models. They're square ice cubes that melt less than uh, the regular ice cubes. And they're big and you can put them in whiskey. So it's very classy. It's very Frank Sinatra-ish. How do they melt less than regular ice cubes? Because they're square. They're ginormous. It doesn't matter. The water doesn't know if they melt. Is that just what it said in the marketing materials? Yes. (laughs) 
not slower, and our ice is colder. How much? How much is it for the uh, ice cube tray? Eight ninety-five. So they're nice stocking stuffers. It's not ridiculously overpriced. Is it a special? Can you get your own face or a bust of a president or something? No, you get a large ice cube. So it's a, basically it's a plastic box that you fill with water and you give them nine bucks. Uh, okay, they're very Sinatra-ish. On to the next one. Okay. If you don't like that, let's see how you feel about this. Um, for the pickle lover. Where can people find the ice cube tray? You can find it online at. It, well, it doesn't matter. No it. one's going to order. What else you got? <laughs> okay, for the pickle lover, um, assorted. <laughs> and we're all pickle lovers. No, but I have a couple of people that love pickles. That have pickles with their meals, and I have some uh, Mexican friends of mine that carry their own peppers too. On their person, wherever they go? Yep. Their own jalapenos. So if they were on this plane with us right now... They They would have a jalapeno with them. In their pocket. So that they can eat, yes. I thought they were just happy to see me. All right, what's the pickle? It's called Assorted Pickles from Bruce's Prime Pickle Company. And you can get anything you want. You can get garlic dill horse cup, sweet, um, sweet onions, Bloody Mary asparagus, cucumber kimchi for the kimchi lover. Uh, curried cauliflower and Chai Town Jardinier, which I know you love. What is it's Chicago Chai Town? What uh, what is particularly Christmas about pickles? It is a nice packaged gift that you can get very easily online, or if you're in LA, you can go to um, the cheese store of Silver Lake and get it there. And if somebody loves pickles, they're gonna love this gift. True, but how do you know if someone loves pickles? Well. <laughs> All right, you're two for two. What else do you have on your gift-giving list? Yes, meal. Okay, so if they don't like pickles, maybe they like uh, pork jerky. It's not beef jerky. It's pork jerky from Singapore, which is a um, sweet pork jerky. And you toast it lightly over a flame, and it's delicious. And people actually have got have uh, been stopped at, at the airport coming back from Singapore because they want to smuggle it into the country. This is pork jelly, like jam that you would put on bread? Jerky, jerky, jerky. And it's called pig jerky. Okay, so so far, so far, your foodie gifts are ice cubes, pickles, and pork. Okay, they're nice. Which is really enough for an entire Christmas dinner. In Asia. (laughs) That's a a traditional Taiwanese Christmas dinner. Okay, but they're. They're good. They're unique. You can't really find them anywhere. You have to either go online or be in L.A. for this one. Right. And, and if you have jerky. foodies on your list, perhaps they'll be pickle fanciers. Okay. If you don't like that, how about hazelnuts? Oh, everyone loves hazelnuts at the holidays. Yes, they're organic. They're sustainable. Um, and they're roasted almost to full incineration. Mm-hmm. And um, they're... Really delicious hazelnuts that you know. These they, are like they taste the kind that you like get coffee. on a street corner, or you have to send in for these. Yes, remember Rome? We had those in Rome. Those they were, were delicious. Yeah, they were. They were very good. So these are really roasted, and they taste kind of like almost coffee. And you can order giant bags. Oh uh, well, that's kind of holiday-ish. Where can people get yes, those? Roasted uh, hazelnut. They can get them at uh, Trufflebird Farm Hazelnuts. Okay. What? Well, and uh, we'll post the. Uh, websites for all these things on our website which is a fork on the road show.com if you've got questions again you call us at 424-250-FORK and we'll do our best to help you find the best hotel rates the best travel rates best places to go and best when best gifts right for Christmas yeah now Christmas as we were saying earlier is a very stressful time and people are always bashing fast food companies 
because they're not good corporate citizens and they, they cause trouble. Here, here's an opportunity for the fast food companies to give something back. This was posted on the McDonald's um, Mick Resource website, which mm-hmm. is a company-only resource site for all the minimum wage workers that mm-hmm. work at McDonald's, most of which are going to have a hard time pulling money together for the holidays. So this was this. I saw this on the uh, website. And I thought it was so very helpful for McDonald's. The website for employees suggests that employees return unwanted gifts and sell possessions to, quote, bring in some quick cash during the holiday season. Oh, are you kidding me? So right. no bonuses. That, that means you're not getting any bonus. You're not getting a raise. <laughs> but sell, sell some stuff. Sell your grandma's kidney and you'll be able to have money. Uh, the McResource site also encourages uh, the uh, minimum wage employees of the company to break their food into smaller pieces to feel more, more full. And, quote, stop complaining because it increases stress. Are you kidding? So, yeah. Well, these are this is professional communications from McDonald's. So if you're feeling stressed out during the holidays, folks, just stop complaining. That's the that's the solution. That's the solution. That's the max solution. <laughs> That's the mix solution. Stop complaining and sell your blood to get money to buy holiday gifts. Oh, well, it is the holiday season, and we're very thankful. We've had a great year here on A Fork on the Road. Uh, we went from nowhere, and now we're the number one travel and food show on the internet. And uh, we want to we thank all of our listeners and all of the folks that come to our website and follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark DiCarlo. Twitter. And I'm at Traveling Diva. We have two bona fide movie stars on the show today, Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone. They're starring in a new movie that opens up on Christmas Day called Grudge Match. You'd think this would be a serious movie. It's actually a comedy. It's a comedy. I know. And I heard it was hilarious. They were, they were really funny together. So this is our conversation with Sylvester Stallone and Robert De Niro. What a treat to see you guys together in, in a film like this. Do you remember when you first met, like, back in the day? Um, do you remember? It was somewhere at MGM, I think. Was yeah, it was just in, because he was doing New York, New York, and and I, just a couple of times. I saw him off-Broadway, and a couple, it was a teddy bear. Kuba was his teddy, teddy bear. teddy bear. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, we've uh And who walked up to who first, do you recall? I always have to walk up to him. No. Yeah, yeah. Is he that way? No. Yes, he is. That's what people want to know. He's is he very that reserved. No, it's not true. <laughs> we, uh, I don't know, well, Erwin Wigler was a producer of both yeah. of our mm. things, so somehow there, too, we met. Exactly. It's just one of those odd things, but... <laughs> Why did it take you so long to find something to do together? Uh, because he was doing just really... Different kinds of films, and, and so I mean, we did Copland together, but yeah, that was right? I know. Yeah. It, years it's just honestly, it's just uh, I got, I just started to make a very different career choice. You know, I never knew First Blood was going to be an action film, and I just decided to ride that wave. Right. And Mr. De Niro here, well, you know, dramatic. And does he make you call him Mr. De Niro? Yes, he does. And what do you call? I call him Sylvester. He calls me Rocky. And, it's, 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 <laughs> and you don't buy the correct No, I don't mind. <laughs> uh, clearly, you play the two most iconic, famous screen boxers in American cinema. What was it like staging the fight scenes for Grudge Match compared to Rocky and, and Raging Bull? 
Well, that was different. I, I wish that um, um, I, I, I met this guy that uh, I'm working with on the film I'm doing now, another fight film, uh, and, and, and uh, Sylvester brought him up, Bob Sally. He worked with him for about 10 years, right? And he was great. great. I wish I had him then. I mean, the guy was great who I had, but he was, this guy's just, it's a just different a, thing. He's a cut above everybody yeah, yeah. In, in just the world of fighting. You know, it's just, yeah, unfortunately, we always fight yeah, him, yeah. you know, 10 years too late. But yeah, Very special. I, and he did all the choreography and stuff and pulled all and I just followed his lead. And you did all your own fighting, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did all our, yeah. Stuff, yeah. That must have been grueling and exhausting. Well, you know, it's... You know what it is? It does. Because when you have to get hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, and he would get in the ring and he'd do his warm-ups and hit the mitts and whatever, and it was you have to get the blood going again. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, that's, it's kind of aggravating, you know what I mean? Because it's just... Right, you don't get to go all the way through. Imagine the guy stopping you and you're doing 100, 100, you're doing a race, a mile, and every quarter mile they go, stop. Have a glass of tea, cool down, and he go, I gotta run again, and then to get up the energy again. Yeah. Uh, my friends and I, uh, we're always doing lines from movies and impressions. Yeah. People are always doing impressions of you guys. Do you do impressions of anybody? Like, do you do impression of Sylvester? No, I didn't. I do something in the movie, but I had to. I, I and once you know, I don't know if he kept it in, but I had to listen to Pete, the director. I had to imitate him doing an impression of him, which is funny. But I, I try. I hope I don't know if he even kept it in the film. <laughs> do you do any impressions? Can you do one for him? I, I'm not very good, but you know, he just when, when it's like he he thinks about things, and as he's thinking, he's gesturing at the same time. So it's not like he's going. <laughs> no. So he, he, he tends to, his body reflects what's going on in his brain, so it's like you see the thinking process as he's moving. Well, the two of you together in this movie were great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to see you together. Thanks a lot. Pleasure. Pleasure. When Stallone was doing the De Niro impression, he was actually making a De Niro face <laughs> and just kind of staring off into space. I mean, space. you can't see it here, but... <laughs> you can sort of sense it. Yeah. Do you know what? Maybe we should put a link to the video so people can see his face. We'll do that. I'll do that on the Huffington Post. In my uh, travel column on the Huffington Post, okay. I'll link to the, the video of the interview. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. They're really gregarious and very fun guys. Yeah. And then later on that night, they went and they were on uh, Saturday Night Live. Fun guys. Yes. Also a great gift for the holidays, if you can find some pickled ones. Pickled Stallone? Fun guy. Oh, pickled fun guy. Right, mushrooms. Delicious. We travel a lot, but we have a friend who travels far more than we do. Samantha Brown, you know her from the Travel Channel, and she is just delightful. Yes, she's amazing. I'm going to do a website called ilovesamanthabrown.com. Samantha Brown, welcome to A Fork on the Road. Thank you. Hi, Annie. How are you? Hi, Annie. I cannot believe that we're actually talking to you in your own home. I thought you would be in Thailand or uh, Madagascar or someplace. What's going on? Well, two days ago, uh, I was in Taiwan, so you caught me at a good time. Okay. And now nice. I'm home for the holidays, which is great. Uh, but yeah, I got back from um, Asia. And it's funny, now that I'm a mother of twins, usually uh, a an 18-hour flight would be, oh, drudgery. But now it's just bliss. I'm like, I had, <laughs> I had 
They can sleep. Hours to sleep, to catch up on movies, to read. It was it was lovely. So it's uh, motherhood changes you in many ways, and uh, long haul flights. Loving them is one of the new new things I'm embracing. Were you fighting the urge the whole flight to wipe the nose of the passenger next to you and <laughs> change them, or can you dial out of that pretty quickly? Well, thankfully, I demand first class, so there's no <laughs> one by me. That's a good demand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you I'm fly, put Asian, that in my life. it's like flatbeds, you have your own area. <laughs> I could entertain, you know? <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a second. You've been traveling the world uh, for seemingly ever on the Travel Channel, and um, I see you on the, the Home Shopping Club with your luggage. We saw you in Chicago doing your th- stuff there. And then you have twins. That must have been a big change of pace. It's it's absolutely nuts. I wish I could have a, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm juggling it all. I'm one of those great women who know how to handle everything, balance work, life balance, that type of thing. But I'm really just, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> um, definitely. Um, the great thing about it is that motherhood definitely changes you. It really puts things in perspective. Um, and um, just meaning that I don't... Uh, you know, if I can't do certain trips or can't take certain jobs because I'm a mom, it's not a big deal anymore. It's like I'm not working constantly and traveling. I really have to curtail it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's I mean, it just it's you you live one day at a time. I think with with twins and with what my job is, which is to travel and therefore be away. So it's right. it's going to be an interesting road. It really is. Have you been able to take them with you on any trips yet? We uh, we went on one trip to Florida together, and then I think we're planning uh, a trip to Hawaii. So uh, in in January, so that's gonna we, we're coming from the East Coast, and that's a long mm. flight. So uh, I'm not too sure about that, but I Ouch. think I think that might be. But we're gonna do stops in uh, in California yeah. along the way to to break it up. But uh, I think that's our next. Um, I'm just gonna be gone for a long time, and after a while, it's just after two weeks, it's like I can't be away from them that long. So. Aww. And when you're gone for two weeks, Kevin's at home alone with the kids? Uh, yeah, I mean, we have a nanny. I mean, we have, we have I'm not going to say we don't. Um, you know, we just put them in a room and lock the door. Just keep the windows cracked. Exactly. They're, they're really low maintenance. There's your formula. What's your problem? Um, well, don't they say that, um, you know, when, when it's two at a time, they take care of each other. They entertain each other. Well, they're <laughs> babies. They're two uh, <laughs> I think at some point we're just not there yet. <laughs> yeah, they they do. I mean, obviously, if I had one, I'd be trying to figure out play dates and meeting other mothers with one child so they could interact before mm-hmm. they go to preschool. So they already have each other, and they definitely do um, play with one another and fight with one another and pull things out of their mouths and walk over each other. So, <laughs> But from other mothers with twins, I've They're heard that really... The easy part begins around three and a half and four. So I still have a bit of time before I can breathe easy. (laughs) So tell us what you're doing uh, travel-wise, show-wise right now. Uh, Obviously, your life has changed dramatically. Are you still doing shows on the Travel Channel? Do you still want to? Do you miss traveling all the time? I definitely don't miss traveling all the time. I think at the height of my career, so to speak, um, I was on the road 230 days out of the year. Which is just crazy. I don't think people, yeah. that's, that's crazy. It is crazy. And, and people certainly see you and me and where we travel and think, oh, that's a, you know, it's a dream job and it is a dream job, but they don't understand the commitment that you have to make to have these jobs. You know, if you look at Andrew Zimmerman and, you know, um, and, um, Adam Richmond, I mean, they are on the road constantly. Yeah. And I was once a part of that. And, 
three weeks out of the month being on the road is really tough. And what I found is that it is a, a more effective form of birth control than birth control. <laughs> 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 We need, to, we need to just stop that kind of travel if I wanted to, in fact, have kids. Uh, so that's what I needed to do. I took a break. But, yeah, I'm still with the Travel Channel. We just shot a series, um, not a series, a show called Trip of a Lifetime. It's one of their, um, not a, comp a contest show. So you watch us. Uh, there's a bunch of hosts showcasing places around um, Spain is where mm -hmm. I went to, um, Seville. And we show you all the great Seville. things to do. Then you can enter and win a trip or uh, a huge sum of money. So we're sort of promoting travel and this high luxury type of travel. And uh, do people so get to go to Sevilla with you? No, but please do not give them that idea. They I mean, that would, that's the show, Sam. <laughs> travel with Sam. <laughs> but you have to demand first class. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so you can travel like Sam, I think is <laughs> the point of the uh, uh, trip of a lifetime. But many uh, other hosts on the Travel Channel are a part of it as well. And I think they went to Morocco and Seville and um, I'm trying to think. Uh, um, uh, um, oh, gosh. Now, now my mind's going a blank. But um, uh, all over the south of Spain and parts of Africa. So wow. it's a and I'm, I don't know when that airs. They'll probably tell me soon. But look out for it because you can win an amazing trip. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. Now, um, the. Uh, uh, we, uh, when we were doing the show in Chicago, we had a little competition sharing our packing tips, our luggage packing trips. Yes. Uh, um, and I was, I was actually uh, happy to find out that a lot of the tricks that I thought I had invented, yeah. Sam had been doing for a long time, like <laughs> taking your underwear and sticking it inside your shoes. Otherwise, that's empty space. Can you yes. share a couple of those tips with us? And then if you've picked up any new tips mm -hmm. for people traveling with kids to oh, minimize your luggage mm -hmm. and make it. Cause when I see, uh, you got to make them carry their own little carry on. Well, but I'm they're still little that. babies. When I see mom and lots of times it's moms alone traveling with two little kids coming down the aisle of the plane. I'm like, Oh my God. That's when you I need that never, little leash. That's when you need that leash. I would never do that. It just seems like more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, I, I, you know, sometimes I agree with you, and, and certainly the airlines and the, the airline experience doesn't make that any easier wow. on mom or a dad traveling. Luckily, what I have found uh, traveling um, with my kids is that there are there are just little angels everywhere. Like everyone who has kids, as they see you go down the aisle, will will help you. You know, there are arms. There are even when we were going through TSA. We, you know, I went through with the carriage. Of course, my husband was with me. Kevin was with me, and all of a sudden, like th there were three other people from um, the the TSA that was there just specifically to help us take the carriage. And so, obviously, they weren't there when I was just a single traveler. So I never knew that. So there are there's this whole support group out there that really helps people. So I think if you have trepidation bringing your kids, don't because these people just present themselves. But and don't you think that's because they recognize you? Oh, not, oh let me help Samantha Brown, because every time I, I'm in line behind people with kids, I'm like, I avoid it. Go to the other line, because, you know, they're going to take their sweet-ass time putting the kids and putting the carry-on and putting the thing through. I avoid it. I go to the other line, because that's the line that's going to go faster. Of course, as a good traveler, you're always, you're always positioning those two lines, saying, okay, we've got a family of four, and I've got four businessmen and two business yep. women that know what they're doing. I'm going to go in the longer line but because I know that they're more professional travelers. So that's why I actually like how they have delineated those lines now. There's the family line yes, um, in TSA. There's the expert travel line, and they have found them to be extremely successful. So and the TSA people, pre-line. Pre oh, isn't that, that? 
this. Yeah, but let's not talk about it because okay. when I, I started talking about it two months ago, I was the only guy in line at LAX. I just flew out to New York last Friday and there was like a 10 person line. So it's getting too popular. Yeah, we well, can't and then now there are yeah hundreds of people, and what they're doing is um, extending the invitation to pre uh, TSA pre-check to just random people, just to even out the other line. No, don't so, do that. Well, they're doing that. Um, I know that Virgin America is doing that. Um, I have my number, mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> I got an email a couple of months ago saying, if you're, you know, we're extending the invitation to Virgin America people. If you're eligible, give us a number, and you can go through the TSA. I already did that. <laughs> yeah, I got the number. You I'm need not... the number. For, you get the number I from the TSA. It. I have it. Once you apply, you get your application number, and you get your ID. So I got the ID, and I'm going to put it on the thing, and I'm going to test it out and see if when we go to Miami, because I have the interview in Miami. I think LAX stopped doing interviews because there's nothing until April 15th. Uh, it's, it's too crowded already. Let's just not. But but it's not. I mean, it's yeah. Sure, the line's long, Mark. But you don't have to take anything oh, off. No, it's, it's much that faster. Line goes fast. No, it's so, what I'm saying is it's great for us. Don't I don't tell want anyone else. else to sign up because it'll get oh. cut up as it is. Oh, oh, so sorry. Oh, Mark, I'm sorry. I did, because so just, we're just over. I didn't see. No, I just hear the. It. Shh, don't mention it's it. awful. TSA is awful. No one should do it. So I'm glad that the people. And I always try and help spy on you <laughs> when i see a mommy coming down i always try and help a little bit just because i feel um bad for them yeah. uh yeah. are there tricks to actually packing all the baby junk with you so it doesn't look like you're you're going on safari in 1850 well, you have to know how to pack well that's what i'm asking her She's got I, no, no, I mean i you know i i haven't traveled a lot with them but i'm one of those moms that's still okay i'm gonna bring enough food uh, for the trip, and then I'm going to triple that just in case, like, Armageddon happens. <laughs> just in case a tsunami hits us at JFK, and now we're out of food. So I'm, I'm one of those emergency-like uh, planners. I have, a, I have a, a, um, like, a nuclear bunker in my <laughs> You travel with the but, nuclear baby football. But, yeah, just, just, you know, the canned goods, the opener, the, you know, everything, you know, the sleeping bags just in case, you know. <laughs> well, are, you, are you raising adventurers? <laughs> <laughs> no, but as a single traveler and a family tra you know, once the kids get older and they can, you know, like Jenny said, take your own bag. And I think that's the trick. Yes. Once they can start mm -hmm. walking, you have to teach them how to, their, and how they to like travel. that. They have their own little, you know, little suitcase to move around. But um, no, and it gives I, them responsibility too. They learn early on that mommy has to travel. Well, yeah. and also I think teaches the kids that travel is fun. fun. I mean, I remember we we would take trips every year and and. Once I was walking and conscious, you know, I had my suitcase and I knew yep. where it went in the back of our Chevy Townsman wagon. And I mm -hmm. was responsible for my middle brother and then the middle brother was responsible for the baby brother. We got everything packed and we That's loved to, we traveled all the time. And I, yeah. and, and now, I mean, we, we continue to do that. What, what's going to happen if your kids don't like to travel? Well, you know, <laughs> is that even possible? They get exchanged. They go back to the baby factory and you get right. another pair that likes to travel. But here's the thing. I feel like traveling with kids, it's the actual absolute opposite where we as adults, if you go into an airport, um, pass on that stress to them. They see us getting stressed out. And mm -hmm. for a kid, an airport is an amusement park True. of, you know, of stimulation, the noises, the bells, the lights, all the, the weird pe people doing strange things. But for adults, so they see us. So we need to learn more from kids 
how to take in the airport. And here's my biggest tip when you're traveling with kids is that, and this is what me and my husband did do, um, rehearse the security line the night before. Oh, so with the kids? Yeah, so have all your stuff, have all your bags, so you can kind of plan out, okay, I'm going to put the bags on the, uh, on the, on the um, line as you get the kids take their shoes off. That Well, kids don't have to take their shoes off anymore, so that's good. But then you want to, you know, have, and you can have fun with it. You know, the kitchen island can be the security table. A salad bowl could be a bin where you put stuff in. You, put, you have to put your teddy bear in the bin. And once you go through the doorway, that's the security, you know, the security, uh, the metal detector, and then you're through. So that takes out, you know, when kids get scared, it's because they haven't been in that situation before. That makes and, a lot of so you want to kind of do a test run just to get everyone on board of what they need to do. Now, obviously, my kids are too young for that right now. But as they get older, three, four, five, where you think the tantrums are going to be, um, that this is where you should do this the night before. That's a great tip. Yeah. So you and what you know what? Do you have any bags in your collection that are um, travel baby bags and travel two-year-old things? I should have that. Yes. No, no, not, I not, would totally not. buy that if I ever have a kid because you know how to pack. But no. Right, yeah, exactly. and it makes it it makes it makes a lot easier. For, I bet you there's nothing out there like that. Mm-mm. It always cracks yeah, I mean, me up when I see kids pulling their little luggages that are the size of my fist. I'm like, so cute. what could fit in there? I know. And you know they have like one teddy bear and four crayons. <laughs> but it's you know, their it's, favorite four crayons. No, it's adorable. You don't yeah. need more. Primary colors. Mix them up. Yeah. <laughs> Be creative, kid. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> what is your the favorite place you've ever been and what place do you not need to go back to? You've been all over the world. You are a travel icon. Um, we all have our own personal tastes. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean these places are great or bad. But if you never have to go back to a particular place, where would it be? Um, I, I would say Belize. Really? I don't have to go back to yeah and, and and when we shot there we were in Belize City and no one stays in Belize City it's a pretty rough place mm-hmm. and um it was one of the places where I did not feel welcome that I actually felt a bit unsafe Ooh. now really? no, you were there with your crew and everything was that there, a long time ago because right now Americans yeah. are buying a lot of real estate in Belize well they're probably going to the islands so you know out to the keys yeah so that's a very different um, that's a very different situation. And also, I'm good friends with Pauline Fromer, and she just did a huge vacation with her kids more inland at the Eco Lodges and had one of the best vacations she's ever had. So anyone listening, please understand that I just had a bad time there. So I'm going to be honest about it. Appreciate but that. it doesn't color the entire country or the experience that you're going to have. But I'm just going to answer the question honestly, which that's the one place that I had trouble with. Um, I've gone all over Latin America um, alone. You know, I, go, I walk out alone just to feel the temperature of a place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was just one of the... But the city itself, where I was, um, it's like if you came to Manhattan, and but our New York City, and I put you down in the, the most dangerous part of the Bronx, that's not New York City. That's that, that block. Yeah, right. And that well, was the Mark has stayed in Midtown, so he doesn't like New York City. I, on the other hand, I stayed, love, love New York City. I stayed City. in Battery Park last time. What it, do you mean you don't like New York City? I, you know what? Oh, it's, it's the center of the Chicago world. Thing. Oh. It's a Chicago thing. It, because, you know what? It's like the Marx Brothers <laughs> and the Three Stooges. You can't love them both. Okay. I, obviously, I'm biased because I grew up in Chicago, but you can walk up. Here's my Chicago story. Yeah. Last winter, I'm walking down the street. It's freezing cold. It's snowing. There's people. It's bitterly cold. Snow piled everywhere. There's a poor homeless guy sitting in a doorway with no shoes. 
begging mm. for money. I walk by, I drop a little money in his can. He says, thank you. I walk on and then I hear him go, oh, thank you so much. I turn around. There's another homeless guy who walks up to him and gives him a $20 bill because he wasn't wearing shoes. And he goes, here, you need this more than me. Wow. That wow. would never happen in New York City. Oh. Um, I beg to differ. In New York City, um, I at one point I was very young. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was walking around New York City. <laughs> and um, not Sadly, to say, you this know, is long before <laughs> I met you. <laughs> and I'm walking around New York City and I see the, um, the people that uh, you give them money and they do the, the what is that, the, the cups with the cards and you have They're to find men. them. Okay, the so con I, men. I didn't know any better and I'm like, I'm sure I know. And I only had, at that time, I only had $10 on me and my token to get home. And <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm going to win the $100 and I point to the thing and I lose my $10 and I'm really upset and I go up to the guy and I said, Mr., I'm going to be really, I'm going to be in trouble because of my $10. Would you mind giving them back to me? The guy gave me the $10 back. The con man in New York City gave me back $10. Mm. And I'm sure it had nothing to do with the fact that you were a beautiful, young Cubana girl who he thought maybe would join him for coffee. I was crying and upset, and he took pity on me, and he gave me the $10 back in New York City, in the center da- of the how world. How long did you date him? <laughs> I did not date him. <laughs> well, you, obviously, there's good and bad people everywhere. I like the yeah. energy in Chicago better. New York just seems to be a daily struggle just to survive. But you know, Oh, what, Lord. Uh, so I, look, how about you? Where Where I is mean, the place you can't wait to get back to, Sam? Oh boy! I mean, I love I love Asia, and I was just there in Taiwan. I love I- my favorite place in Asia is Cambodia. Um, I thought the people were just lovely. They speak a lot of English, which you know it helps a lot. Just mm-hmm. getting to know a culture, uh, very friendly. And I have found that when I travel, the places that have risen out of unbelievable strife or civil war, like a Cambodia, uh, like a Nicaragua, when I was there many many years ago. Um, that the people are so happy that you're there. You know, you represent a huge sea change. Things are getting better. And so they literally will just, you know, uh, open their house up to you to so you know what their country is like, that they are real people. And um, you don't get that in Italy where they're suffering from travel travel fatigue. You know, they're so, you know, I mean, Rome, Florence, there's so many tourists. Yeah. They just don't care about you. Sorry to say that, but oh. they don't. And they don't care about you at Sally all. Had such an amazing time we, in Italy. Oh we were there God. when it was empty. Oh. We were there in January. And you know, well, that and that's a great travel tip. And mm-hmm. people stay away from places when, uh, because they think they're dangerous, and they're not going to be. And they stay away from places because they think the weather's going to be bad, and it's a trade-off. January is the perfect time to go to Rome, Paris, all of Europe. The yeah. flights are cheaper. The people are so much more relaxed. Um, and you have a more um, personal, intimate experience with travel. We and, did, that- yeah. and we've heard we've heard you don't want to go in September and August because now you're part of cattle and they are yeah. tired of it. It's like here yeah. in, in Hollywood in the summer, the streets are choked with all those vans with people driving around. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, yeah. you get tired of it. You get tired of it, and you you totally understand. But you are spending a lot of money to go to Europe. Yeah. You are spending a lot of money, and you just want a better experience, and that's how you do it. So, pack a winter coat, go to Rome. What's your uh, What's your take on Angkor Wat? Oh my God! Well, see, that's what I just. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I. Can't, it was it, so. It pictures crazy. makes it look like it's on another planet. And the pictures don't even begin to do it justice, which I mean, think, I think we all saw that National Geographic, you know, magazine, something like 10, 15 years ago when they finally saw, you know, finally really took a lot of pictures of it or we saw it. 
And it is what you don't understand when you see Angkor Wat, they always show that main temple. And Angkor Wat is actually an entire city. It's the city of Angkor, which was built, you know, 600, 800 years ago. And it was larger than this Manhattan and had more people. It's something like 20 million people mm -hmm. lived here at that time. So you're not just seeing this one temple and going through it. You're experiencing an entire city of roads, temples. And, of course, a lot of it is in almost complete... Um, can you not stay prepared. in one of those? No, it's a ruins. Yeah, you, well, you can, but you can walk, and the access you have to it, you're walking on mosaic tiles that were oh. laid 500 years ago. You're able to touch. It's just incredible. And then to get a real experience, you can just go an hour outside um, to other temples that aren't so heavily touristed, uh, traveled, and and it's still a part of Angkor. Um, mm -hmm. But it's you know, it's just it, oh, it's just amazing. And for the price of a movie ticket, and that's oh, wow. what. Out. Yeah, but then you have to haul your butt all the way over there for all those hours in that plane. Yeah, it's a long flight. Like it's five um, hours away. <laughs> no, no, it's a very long flight, but it's the same amount of money to go to Europe as to Asia. Mm -hmm. uh, and just make sure you have a nice travel partner, which you do, Mark. Do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Wait, wait, I have one more question. All right. Your um, top three places to spend Christmas. Oh, boy. With the Christmas spirit. I'm thinking... Santa Claus, Indiana. I'm thinking, um, where's that place that they say Santa lives in Europe? Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely be somewhere in Germany. You know, anywhere in Germany with the with the Christmas markets oh. or Switzerland. I mean, it just oozes. You know, with the chalets and the fondue, it just oozes that Christmas holiday spirit. Um, uh, of course, New York City. Sorry, Mark. Yes, New York City. <laughs> Yeah. New York City, I was walking around one Christmas. If you want to get I, beat up by a guy in a Santa Claus suit, go to New York. Shut up. I look in the window, and there's a, a life-size white horse with a horn that looked it looked like a unicorn. It was a unicorn in a window. Where else do you get to see that? It was amazing. Aww, Simple see, things. Magical. Simple things. Absolutely. Uh, and then home. And wherever that is. <laughs> home for the holidays. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us from your home today. Where can people follow you on web and social media so we can uh, stay up to date on your shows? Oh, please do. I'm at Samantha Brown on Twitter, and I have my own website, samantha-brown.com. Samantha, thank you so much for joining us. We love Samantha Brown. Samantha Woo! Brown, young mother yeah. and world traveler. <laughs> love you guys. Happy holidays. Thank you too. You Thanks too. a lot. Bye-bye. Great having her on the show. To finish up the show, we always like to check in with musicians because no one travels more than working bands and working musicians. Uh, our next guest, John Thomas Griffith, is from a great band out of New Orleans called Cowboy Mouth. Do you remember the first time I took you to a Cowboy Mouth show? Yes, it, it is like? the best live show on earth. And I'm not kidding about this. I had so much fun. And some of their songs, most of their songs, are uh, immediately you come out singing them. Very hooky. Yes. Very hooky, yeah. John's the uh, lead guitar player in the band. He's been with them forever. And uh, we caught up with him on our veranda outside uh, in Los Angeles and uh, talked a little about music, talked a little about New Orleans, talked a lot about travel, and we were able to relax with him a little bit when he was off the road. So here's our talk with John Thomas Griffin.
live music yeah. in our outdoor studio today. Thanks for joining us. Dude, thank you for having me, man. Now, Love for the guys. for the few people in the world that may not know the band Cowboy Mouth, you guys have been Poor together souls. for, I know, I pity them. Uh, when did you guys first start playing together? And um, A lot of people really, this is a little tidbit of, of trivia, but uh, I had a solo band in New Orleans, and Fred was thinking of leaving Dash Rip Rock, and we would sit inside my Valiant. I had a 64 Valiant outside of Carrollton <laughs> Station. Oh. It's called Willow Inn back then. And we would swap tapes. And he was still considering. And then when I heard some of his tapes, I said, dude, you'd be, I'm going to say, you would be well off. I wouldn't have a worry if, if I were you if you left Dash Rip Rock. You've uh -huh. got some good material. And that's how Co Cowboy Mouth was born? No, basically. Uh, <laughs> That's just how I, I know Fred. I've been knowing Fred for 30-something years since he was 17. Wow. And um, he befriended me, and I befriended him, and we just we would, had this musical relationship. Mm -hmm. No band and nothing, just listening to tunes, swapping tunes. He would turn me on to a lot of old, old R&B, New Orleans R&B. I wouldn't probably know half of the stuff I know. Um, it's got to be the most musically rich city in America, I would say. I mean, you, you guys travel... You do over 200 shows a year. You're all over the country. Would you agree? Is there a better music city in America? When you have so many genres just swirling around each other in one place like that, yeah. no other city does that. You know, rock. You got R&B. You got soul. Uh, soul. Boogie. Boogie. Funk. You know, and you've got the big bands. Yeah. And then you've got the traditional stuff. You know? I think a lot of people don't know that Louis Prima came out of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Sam Butera, obviously Louis Armstrong. but mm -hmm. Harry Connick Jr.? Harry Connick Jr. Yep. Because you've got... You've got the French influence, you've got the African influence, you've got the Caribbean influence, and you've Caribbean. got the Mississippi River, which, you know, Memphis is how much further up the road, and that's rock and roll. Right. And it all kind of comes into a nice little gumbo down in New Orleans. It's kind of neat because I think uh, I saw an article on Aaron Neville, and he used to work the docks, you know, wharfs, He's built and loading ships and stuff. And the way he learned music was guys would come down from Chicago, Ohio, um, and Memphis, St. Louis, and bring records down, and he would trade. You know, he would trade, or he'd barter, or pay for. It. He'd ask the guys on the ships, the crew, buy me this, buy me some records, just anything, and bring them to me when I when you uh, load I off. I didn't you. know that. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and that's how he kind of his little bada ha. <laughs> I love it. Can you hit that note? I don't know if I can. <laughs> bada ha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Cowboy Mouth, you're on guitar. Right now, Matt Jones is on guitar. the other guitar. Cassandra Falconer is our bassist, and then Fred LeBlanc is the King Mac Daddy. And I'm not just saying this because you're here, but people, if you have not seen Cowboy Mouth play live... You have to go. You're missing out. The first time I saw you guys was at the, the Jazz Fest in New Orleans. Our buddy Peter said, you have to come and see this band. And Van Morrison was playing on the other stage. Uh -huh. And I had come down there to, to see, see Van Morrison. Uh -huh. And I, you know, I'd never heard of you guys before. This is a long time ago. And he's no, he goes, trust me, you have to come and see this band. So I saw a little bit of Van, and he dragged me to see your show. And we were there for when your show opened. And it was just like, it's like getting hit in the face with a bowling ball. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it, there's just so much energy and so much... Uh, mojo and whimsy it's if you ever get a chance and you guys tour all the time go see Cowboy Mouth live yes thank uh, you thank um, you for that well it's you know it's true yeah it's you're, you're in the band it's gotta be fun right I'm paying you for this right <laughs> uh, technically I'm, I'm in the band too you are you're the heart player that's yeah. right uh, we um, 
we just finished our new album uh, down in Tampa, Florida, and I think it really rounds out what we do. It's, it's, the producer was a guy named Don Miggs, and he really wanted... I mean, I've heard this from a dozen producers. Yeah, I just want to, I want to bring that live show to the record. I want to, you know, capture that, you know, in a studio. Well, it's not that easy, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a visual thing too, and an attitude. And your show is so bombastic, in a good way. It's mm-hmm. like people, we, we are going to pummel you with our music until you love it. Right. And p- people That's lose kind of, their minds. Well, you know, it's kind of Fred and I, you know. 30 years ago, grew up in that punk ethic, you know, DIY, and, you know, we're going to blast it till your, your face is yellow, and, you know, it you're going to like us whether you like it or not, or I don't care if you don't like us, <laughs> yeah. you know? I really don't, and, you know, when you go out there with that attitude, like, you know, I don't care if they like me or not, fuck them. Yeah. Just go out there and ride just and fucking play my fantasy, dude. This is what I dreamed of doing my whole life, <laughs> you know? It's so funny, too, because you're so, in real life, you're so quiet and polite and shy and reserved. And you strap the guitar and you walk on stage and, and you're like the dark side. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the dark side. You, there's, the dark it's side. like a totally different guy. We're, uh, we're fascinated at how many people come to see us multiple times and they come up to you and go, I've seen you 46 times. They go, yeah. wow, dude, yeah. you yeah. kept me alive. Dude, it's always it's always yeah. a great show. Yeah. Very exciting. And, and we've seen you here in Los Angeles. I saw you in Milwaukee once, but by far... Your biggest, best shows are at Jazz Fest in New York. Oh, yes. And we've so talked about fun. Fest before on this program. And if, if, God forbid, your doctor tells you that you got six months to live. Don't pay your bill. I'll give you another six months. <laughs> <laughs> and in that year, go to Jazz Fest. It's the greatest party in America. Yes, and yes. you'll see tons of great bands. Uh, now, when you're not in New Orleans, you're traveling all over the country. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talk a lot about great places to eat yes. on this show. Oh, yeah. That's my so favorite part. So you've been on the road for decades now. Yep. What, what are some of the cool places that you found in the South and elsewhere that, that no one else knows about that uh, you look forward to going to when you go to a city? You know, I... Uh, I'll give you a city oh and you boy. tell me where you like to okay, eat. Let's try no, tell them New Orleans. Are you kidding me? Well, we'll, we'll so save, that way we can go there in April. We'll save that for last. Uh. There's a, there's, <laughs> the, the list of bad places to eat in New Orleans is is smaller than the good places, I would think. You know, it's 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 funny. It's, most of them are walking distance from the club uh, sometimes, um, but sometimes you got to drive way out in the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, back in the early days, in the early 90s, um, we would go to places that were cheap. Obviously, we didn't have sure. much money. Um, and there's a place in um, uh, Ruston, Louisiana, and there was a place called Sarah's. Mm-hmm. And it was back in the back off the beaten path, not far from Ruston, I mean, like five miles, maybe, not even that, maybe. But uh, you'd walk in, and it was cafeteria style, and they had these huge fats, and there's people doing this, you know, like like, like big, like they're stirring, stirring a big it. old uh, witch's brew or something. <laughs> and it was some of the best home cooking, you know, lima beans. What to, were they stirring? Uh, beans, beans probably. or probably the, the rice or probably um, who knows what soup. Because when you do that, I'm like, it's a grits. And the thing there was on? only it was a, when you went, I love this idea. When you got there, there was only like three, two, three vegetables, a side like a, a like maybe like a stuffing and a meat, and that's what you got. You Whatever like, they were cooking that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah Whatever well, they had around. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they'd be pork chops or. Chicken fried steak, you know, good stuff. There will be Collard pork greens. Chops. You know. It's hard to find good chicken fried steak here in Los Angeles. So you gotta go to Texas, yeah. <laughs> All right, Houston, Texas. Best place to eat there? Uh, I can't say. Dallas, Texas. Uh, I can't say. I, I can't. I, I don't have a good place there. Tampa, Florida. No, oh, You're just making dude. your record in Tampa. Um, Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. There's a oh. great place. 
and I can't remember the name of it, but it's really good. It doesn't good. help us, then. It's called, I'll look it up. Um, Just Google Great Place in Tallahassee. Yeah. It was it was literally two blocks from the thing, and you had to walk over the tracks, but on the wrong side of the tracks, you know. That's where the best and, <laughs> and it was a place like Sarah's, man. You walked in, and they had, you know, I love the cafe. There's one in Georgia, Decatur, Georgia, which is a cafeteria, old school, downtown Decatur. Uh-huh. I can't remember that name either. But... Uh, <laughs> But I think if you perhaps uh, the worst food guest we've ever had. On. <laughs> this food is excellent. I have no no idea. idea I just love home cooking, man. I miss it. You know, I'm a, I'm a collard greens, mac and cheese. You ever oh, been to I Weaver D's cheese. in Athens, Georgia? No. no. That's uh, the guys that did uh, REM. You know, um, oh. uh, uh, they did a whole. They dedicated a whole record to that guy. Wow. Uh, what is it? Um, Power to the people. Uh-huh. Is that, what's is that? What's the name of that record? Yep. Yep, that's the name of it. Why did they dedicate it to a restaurant? Because they, they're from Athens, Georgia, and they would eat, it's all soul food, collard greens, and the guy looks just like Muddy Waters. No way. Yeah, so we were, I was going to, I was down there doing an episode of my travel show. So I walk in, and he's making us uh, squash casserole, some kind of barbecue, and the, um, the uh, sweet potato pie and, and collard greens. And we're cooking in the kitchen, and I'm looking at him, and down to the little mustache. He looks like a 40-year-old Muddy Waters. So, and, and the whole time he's in there, he's busting me because I'm white. He's like, you don't know anything about soul cooking. You don't know how to make a soul food. I'm like, well, did, did I ever tell you you look like Muddy Waters? And he goes, who's that? No like, way. <laughs> like, dude, you are so much whiter than me. Oh, my God. So I went out at lunch, and I got him, a, I got him one of Money's records, and I brought it back in, and I go, you have to. First of all, look at him. He looks just like you. Then we put it on, and we had lunch, and he's like... You're all right. <laughs> no shit. How about them apples? That's great. So you're traveling all the time. That's got to be a rough life. It's hard to stay for healthy. For a working band. It's hard to stay healthy and eat right. you know. Um, but we all kind of support each other um, as far as working out. We you know, work out in gyms and the hotels mm-hmm. and... Uh, um, and yeah, eat good food. You know, we go to good places. Try to eat sal- you know greens, a lot of greens, and a lot of nuts and cher- berries and stuff like that. Yeah. I work very conscious about it. I mean, I feel like I'm an athlete more than sometimes when I'm a guitarist. Cause, you know, I play tennis. I run a lot. Um, you know, uh, Cassandra's. I want to start taking Tai Chi. By the way, oh, I just had this hit me like a brick wall. The they other have day. Tai Chi out in a park here somewhere. Yeah. Um, can yeah. you do it on your, on your own while you're traveling? Like you get like a DVD yeah, you, and you, you Tai Chi it up? I need some lessons. I need the proper technique and stuff first. And then I'll take probably a year of that, maybe six months, and then go out on my own. Just, well, you yeah. do have tons of downtime, right? And some guys mm-hmm. chase women. Some guys drink and, and just lay on the sofa. You might as well... I'll do something, yeah. Right. Do Tai Chi? Do Tai Chi. Oh, you got to <laughs> chop Take wood. care of yourself. Yeah, chop wood. <laughs> Um, you're one of the writers in the group. Do you mm-hmm. write on the road? Do you write at home? What's the process? Uh, your new record's coming out in April. Yep. And it's called Go. Go. What's the process of going and putting together a record with a band that's been together for 20 years? Um, we we basically just we do our dem- own demos, Fred and I, primary writers. So we do our own demos at our houses. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes time to make a record or we decide, okay, it's about that time and we start accumulating demos that we've done down all through the year and things that we think might suffice, I guess, or match, mm-hmm. you know, or go well with each other. And then that's all kind of whittled down, you know, from like 20 songs to 12. And do you love each other, hate each other, or a little bit of both? 
all of you guys. No, sorry. <laughs> Is that fish? Um, it's a definitely a, a brotherhood relationship. You know, it's like he's the little brother, I'm the bigger brother. He doesn't think I know anything. And, you know, he thinks he knows everything. Right. Uh, I love him to death, man. He's a, he's a critter, man. He's a, a, a unique individual, man. And uh, I can understand why now, after 30 years, I really understand the guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's starting a family. He's scared. You know, he's also, you know, excited. Mm -hmm. You know, he's filled with joy and, you know, that, that emotion in his chest you know mm -hmm. and he loves sharing videos of his boy all Aww. the time you know and is that um, coming out in the record too i mean does it do you see that side of him kind of creeping into the new songs and uh, the new writing i think it's retrospective it's, he's reflecting back to uh he's re actually he's, he's giving thanks and appreciation for what he has and and that he's learned his lesson uh, he's not gonna fuck up anymore that's yeah. good he did learn his lesson yeah, I would, I would too. if you hear these lyrics, man, you're going to just, wow. Wow. I think, so, you know. The He's succinct in his, in his lyrics, man. I got to say, you know, um, I have a hard time with, that's why I work with other writers, because they're more of the lyric and I'm more of the music mm -hmm. most of the time. Um, we have a song called Song of the Summer that I wrote with Tim Mosier, which is a songwriting partner of mm -hmm. mine here. Um, Fred has gotten really, really succinct in what he wants to say. He focuses in, I don't See, I, it's, 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 it's almost like it's too truthful. Well, I think the best rock music is the current day's poetry. Mm -hmm. You know, 200 years ago, Tennyson and Walt Whitman were writing stuff that people would read and go, oh, yeah, I, I get life now. And now, you know, musicians do it. Mm -hmm. And depending on who you like and, and uh, what your particular psychological yeah, it's your, bent is. your own live soundtrack right I think Billy Joel has done a great job of growing from a, a punk Long Island guy who was just out to get laid uh -huh. and he's his, as his writing progresses he writes about different topics he's not still writing about drinking beer and getting laid in the back of a car his, right. his worldview has changed and he's, his writing reflects that and yeah. I think Springsteen's done a good job with that um, there's lots of bands uh -huh. and, and, and it sounds like that's what you guys are kind of morphing yeah. blossoming if yeah. you will Right. There's certain things that he writes about, like um, the song about his mother. Yes. I heard it once. I can't hear it again. It made it, it, me cry. I, yes. Oh, my God. I can't, yeah, that's so hard for me because my, my mother died right before oh. his did. And uh, so, yeah, when he plays that or it, I hear it. It's like, How do you it play off. it? How? I, I don't, we don't ever play it live. Oh. Yeah. Too much? God, that song, it, it kills it'd be, me. It would be a lot for me, I'll tell you that, man. It, it, yeah. It would be very emotional. Do you still enjoy touring? I mean, I you do love, a lot I, of it. I, well, we don't do a whole lot of it anymore. Um, no? We do like five gigs a month. And we used to do, you know, three or four a weekend. Oof. Yeah, or two. Aren't you coming here in uh, February, I think? I believe so. Yeah. I don't know where exactly. I think we're going to be... Down in Saint. Yeah, I think Saint we're going to be seeing you. If you want to find out when they're coming to you, go to cowboymouth.com and you get your full tour schedule there. Yep. You can buy records there, too. And CDs. get the record This Train. Mm -hmm. That's what Mark plays at harmonica. That was that was like being called up to Yankee Stadium for me. <laughs> I got to play, I got to play harmonica on a cowboy mouth track. That was uh, that. I played you, with, want, you wound up recording in Dodger Stadium though. That's no, Dodger Stadium, <laughs> please. It's a parking lot. I play with Buddy Guy. All I got to do is play with BB King now, and then my 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 musical uh, fantasies will all be fulfilled. Well, if I ever run into him. <laughs> you mentioned that to him? Great, I appreciate and it. And when you go to New it. Orleans, 
what do you look forward to eating? That's what I'm interested in. Yeah, what are your okay. favorite places Yeah, to because eat in you're, New you're healthy and you take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That all goes out well, the window for me when yeah. I go to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I immediately take Ashway, my future ex-wife, uh, <laughs> to Mona's. Mona's is a uh, Greek place on Bank Street off of Carrollton. Mm-hmm. And they have a great... Um, uh, Greek food? Yes, Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. You got a Greek... In New Orleans? We're staying healthy, honey. Well, you know what? I think any restaurant that actually can manage to stay open six months in New Orleans has to be really good because the food competition there is extreme, right? So regardless, there's also a lot of Mexican places that have propped up since Katrina, right? So, uh, yeah, and you know, yeah. like the Taqueria the Coronas workers. are one of my favorite places because they grill the shrimp and stuff on an open fire. Mm. And they're burritos are, and taquitos and tacos and stuff are unbelievable because they got that grilled flavor right you know when they bring yeah who's got the, the best gumbo in New Orleans mm. I'll say Mandina's or somebody like Mandina's. that you know? Mandina's have you ever been to Pascal and Manali's no mm. it's on uh, Louisiana and they're, they're, their forte is barbecued shrimp mm. they're basically how you barbecue shrimp is you put them in a pan load it with sticks of butter put, put <gasps> ace, oh. a, a, uh, Worcestershire sauce all in the pan mm-hmm and just embroil them in the oven. Oh, that sounds delicious. And you put pet burn stuff in, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Mandina's is a great place. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mandina's is one of my favorites. That's that's uh, down uh, Canal Street out of the quarter, about a mile maybe? Yeah. Mother's uh, yeah, has right the up. best turtle soup. Yeah. Mother's is good. Uh, Commander's Bourbon Palace House has Grill? a pretty good turtle soup too. Did we? I haven't, we I've, I've never been to Palace. I have been Palace. there. I drank moonshine in the Damn. In, the, in the kitchen of the... <laughs> the truth comes out. Yeah, the, I don't truth. think that's of like knowledge, but they had a little uh, little moonshine there in the kitchen of the Commander's Palace that was delicious, and wow. then we had the turtle soup. Nice. Turtle soup I and moonshine. I have never eaten at Commander's Palace, believe it or not. Really? Never. It's such a production. Where is that place with the um, where you get to eat in the back of the truck? Huh? They have Jail? the table. No, they have the back oh, of the truck. Oh, Giacomo's. Uh, Giacomo's. Oh, my right God, the food the there is delicious. Yeah, I like their stuff, too. Giacomo's that, is really delicious. Good. Oh, the bank. The place at the bank. I've heard of It's an place, old bank. I think it's called the bank, bank, isn't it? It's called the mm-hmm. bank. Yeah, I think so. It's an old bank, and you get in there, and you can have, you can eat inside the vault. That's where the mayor goes to eat. And uh, they have the best jambalaya. Wow, cool. That was... To me, that was the best thing that I had there, was That's their jambalaya. No, I, and their French chicken was really good, too. It wasn't until this past year, Matt Jones drugged me. We were staying at the Hilton downtown on, the, on Poydras at the bottom of the, uh, right at the bottom of the, at the river. That's where we're staying for Jazz Fest this year. I'm going to suggest no, you go do it. this. I, do you guys like oysters? Yeah. Go to Drago's in the hotel, in the lobby, and there is the Drago's there, and sit at the bar and watch them... And they make these uh, charbroiled oysters. And I never had one in my whole life living there. And Matt Jones said, hey, man, let's go sit over here and have some oysters. And like I tell you, they're some of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. I was like, how come I've never eaten these? Because I'm kind of squeamish. I like oysters. I'll eat them if everybody else is eating them. Mm-hmm. But that's not something I go do by myself. <laughs> it's a party food. They have to be really fried. Food. They're a little squishy for my taste. No, you'll love them charbroiled, man. Unbelievable. Try one. All right. Uh, Dragos, that's, um, Mark hosted the um, International Restaurant and Hotel Awards, mm-hmm. and that was one of the winners, I remember. He, after Katrina, they, you know, all the restaurants closed down. His got flooded and closed down. But he opened up and he served food to all the workers every day, didn't charge anybody. 
for like six months. He he and didn't make a big deal out of it. Didn't promote it or anything. And he he ended up winning a big humanitarian award. Wow! But uh, that was really great family. They really did a lot to help the city come Mm -hmm. back. And whenever I mention New Orleans, people always ask, "Oh, is it still all messed up after the hurricane?" Oh, please. Yeah. It's. It's large in charge. It's, it's, it's rocking, man. Yeah, it's doing really I well. I never went before, but when I started going, it looked exactly like I had always pictured it was I got going. a funny it, story to tell you then. We were sitting at Mona's, and this is right after Katrina and Ashway were sitting in, on the deck mm-hmm. outside eating. And she looked around, and she goes, wow, this place looks really messed up. And that was my old neighborhood. I used to live there. It's where my house that I first house I bought was right up the street. Right. And she goes, man, this place looks really messed up from Katrina. I go... <laughs> Babe, this is what it looked like before. <laughs> didn't, even, didn't even hit here. I didn't, I, I didn't miss a beat, man. It was like, <laughs> the, the, it was it actually washed floor. it up it didn't a little. Touch the water, right? This is mid city. It, it got like about ten feet of water, you know, oh, up by wow. the cemeteries. Trash the rock and bowl, and now you know, I, I kind of like the new rock and bowl. I've never been in there yet. Oh, it's, it's so much fun. It's a little. It's clearly nicer than the old place and a little touristy, but still, the music is great, the food's good, mm-hmm. the bar's great, and it's you don't have to climb up those rickety stairs. Right. And you get, and all the locals go there, so it's not only mm-hmm. tourists, you get all the locals yeah. going there. Yeah, it's a great place to go. I like you see that. You see their advertisement in like Sky Miles magazine and stuff like that. You see it on the plane. They'll, really? They'll get, you know, do a sh- the Southwest will do a little spread on New Orleans, you know. And they'll have, they they get a lot of advertising. advertising. Well, because it's so big, they could yeah. probably pay for it. But you know what? Just because it's popular doesn't mean it's not cool. I don't think it's as cool as the old place, which was like a fire trap. And oh, right yeah. next door, they have Ye Old College Inn. Mm-hmm. That has <laughs> really fantastic food. Yeah, the food's good there. There's oh, no shortage. Oh, oh yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, the Ye Old College Inn. Yeah, they have one in the airport now. Oh, yeah. they do at the Delta terminal. Yeah. Oh, inside. Well, yeah. you know, we'll have you back on the show in uh, in mid April to talk specifically food for okay. our Jazz Fest primer. Mm. I do cook a lot. I bake a lot. Do you? I do bake. I bake. Uh, this How do you time bake year, on the road? What do you bake? Well, when I'm home, like right now, I'm going to start planning to bake banana breads every day. Oh. Hand them out to my neighbors. Oh, that's delicious. Um, last from year, scratch? Hmm? from scratch. Mm-hmm, from scratch. Yeah, really? Really? Do you make an any gluten free? Uh, I could, f- I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you know t- what? You I, should. I, I asked too much for my mind right now. <laughs> Do you have like one specific um, recipe that's been handed yes. down? Mm-hmm. Which one is it? It's uh, it's that banana nut bread. Yeah. It's handed down from my mom. Ah, <gasps> nice. Uh, also, I have a cheesecake that I make pretty regularly that I got from Regina, Zernay. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cowboy Mouth uh, Cookbook. I, yeah. You should send us a recipe, and we should give it to our listeners. It's, dude. The recipe for the cheesecake is so easy, I couldn't believe it was this simple. Tell us. Am I a dodo or what? What is it? It's basically, it's two cups of sugar. No, it's three-quarter cups of sugar. Wait, what was it? That's oh, the, he doesn't that's the way, that's a, a simple wait, recipe. Wait, 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 wait time know. out. That's the pumpkin pie I made last week. Oh, wait I'm sorry. a minute. Betty friggin' Crocker no, here. We want oh, the recipe for that banana bread, too. Huh? We want the recipe written down for the banana bread. I've had the if banana bread. It's very good. Yeah. I've got all my mom's cookbooks when she passed, and oh. and uh, it's really exciting, man. To open them up and see her handwriting and stuff, you know, in there and her recipes. And, and I'm trying to do that with my mom. Yeah. My mom doesn't want to keep writing anymore. Oh really? We have some recipes from my grandmother, and it's yeah. it's because you do you see the handwriting. Yeah. And, it's beautiful. You know, especially back in Person- our parents' yeah. days, the women spent a lot of their life. In the kitchen, cooking for their families. Let me know? ask you this, dude: Is their handwriting impeccable? Yes, you know, because there was no alternative. It just blows you my couldn't mind type. Look at that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very particular. Yeah, it's beautiful, and mm-hmm. beautiful, easily well read. read. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That wraps up our holiday show for 2013. What? Great show. We want to thank Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro, Samantha Brown, JT Griffith for coming on the show. And uh, thank you for listening to the show. We've had a great year. We've traveled all over the country, all over the world. We were in Italy and Greece. This was a fantastic Florida. year. We're looking forward to more fun shows in 2014, and we hope you come along with us. And at- thank you so much for making us the number one travel and food show. If you missed any of our shows, you can always catch them up on our site, which is a forkontheroadshow.com. We want to interact with you more, so interact with us. And call us at 424-250-FORK. But you can also follow us on Twitter. So until next year, I'm Mark DiCarlo. And I'm Yeni Alvarez. And we'll see you on A Fork on the Road. Merry Christmas, baby. You should just treat me nice. Merry Christmas, baby. Should it treat me nice? Gave me a diamond ring for Christmas. Now I'm living in paradise. Well, I'm feeling mighty fine. Good music on my radio Well, I'm feeling mighty fine Got good music on my radio Well, I want to kiss you, baby While you're standing beneath the mistletoe the chimney about a half past three left all these pretty presents that you see before me Merry Christmas pretty baby you sure been good to me well I haven't had a drink this morning but I'm all lit up like a Christmas tree Ooh. 